You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, playing underground music since 1969. Follow us on Twitter at KUCI FM or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash KUCI 88.9. This way, you can be the first to know when we will be giving away tickets to your favorite concerts, festivals, and events. You can also call in 949-824-5824 to make a special request. KUCI, a community supporting the artistic creativity of all. The views and opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. For more information on this or other KUCI programs, Visit KUCI.org or KUCITalk.org. Good morning, Irvine, and what a beautiful morning it is. And you're tuning in to Sports Matters because all sports matters here. I'm Kevin Drake, and we have Matt Burt. Hello. Good morning, Orange County. Good morning, Orange County. (laughs) Good morning, world. Absolutely. Boy, I tell you, we got a lot to cover today, and, uh, you know, with that sun coming up, you know, spring is in the air. And uh, one great thing happened last week as far as world competition, since we love our world competition, is that uh, the USA won the World Baseball Classic. Yeah, that's huge. And it comes, thank you to Adam Jones with that big catch in the semifinals. Huge catch. I mean, he... He had to really sell out there to make that. And then they get to the finals, and they do some wondrous things against Puerto Rico. So congratulations to our, the United States baseball program, one of the best programs in the world. Absolutely. And it's well, always – it's always, Actually, it is the best program in the world. Cause it they is because they won. And, you know, and it, and it wasn't the best of the best players, but it was the United States showing their national pastime that they are the best in the world, and it's always good when you win a world tournament. Tournament, tournament. No, 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 no. <laughs> Wake up now. <laughs> yeah, it's too early. Tournament. Tournament. Well, let's turn the page. What do you think about that move? Uh, Getting approved. You know what? The Las Vegas Raiders. We're heading towards this Las Vegas franchise movement, and my concern is about sports betting, and it's been the entire time since they've been mentioning moving to Las Vegas, any professional sports team. I mean, you don't want professional sports betting to affect the game and have it dilute the on-field product. That is the ultimate biggest no-no when it comes to sports because then you will get, you know, the WWE in a sense where fixtures are fixed and you know who the outcome is. And that's what makes sports a great thing is, like, you don't know who's going to win. And, like, if you are having an on-field product that's diluted by people throwing money into it, it's not it's not going to sustain itself and it's not worth watching and it's it's not why sports matter. I, I don't think that's going to be an issue. Obviously, you know that's been talked about. Uh, they already have an NHL team there. They, no, they haven't played a game there yet. They haven't played a game, but they're there. I mean, they're they're, there. It's, it's official. And they're, I mean, the Raiders are now there. So right. it's, it's like they now – this is – this is the issue that they're going to have. Well, worst case scenario, it could be one of those where you just can't bet on the home team like they did with the their uh, college sports. You know, UNLV, they're just they're just wouldn't be a, you wouldn't be a lot of bet on the team. But 
I don't think there's going to be any inside track. I don't think you be, can't predict I hope what not, but yeah. you never know. Like it's Las Vegas. Like let's let's not. A lot of people appear, you know, assume to think that, but really, it's there's there's so much more that goes in. There's so many variations, and you know, to say that there's a fix in it. I mean, there's more fix in boxing than yeah, anything else. More horse racing, and, right? And you can argue MMA too, because it's all the single person sports that are the ones that majority are the most fixed, vulnerable, right? right. Um, but I mean, the owners wanted this, and ultimately, at the end of the day, what it comes down to, it's it's whatever the owners want. I mean, they pay Goodell forty four million dollars a year to be basically do what they want um and that's very little compared to the salaries that they have and the money that they have but they they in the unanimous vote unanimous it's early for me too uh 31 to 1 so only one person was against it tune in between 8 a.m to 805 a.m and matt and i we're going to do some vocabulary we, we lessons need, we need some warm-ups okay <laughs> yes well i'll tell you one thing though i think it's a nice move in a sense where th- the Raiders have been all over the board. They've been to Oakland, L.A., back to Oakland. Maybe, hopefully, Las Vegas is their final resting spot. So well, it's for what all, the- all Davis always wanted, right? Just win, baby. Just win, baby. Well, he's in his grave. He's like, yes, I won. But I tell you what, that stadium is going to be state of the yard. Then you of have course. the Los Angeles stadium is going to be the state of the yard. Uh, man, good. yeah. I mean, these NFL stadiums are going to be colossal. I mean, you got Levi Stadium, you got Jerry World out there in Dallas. I mean, Jerry World. Jerry World, yeah. <laughs> he put so much money. The house that Jerry built. Yes. His second home. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I th- it'll be interesting to see how this kind of works out, you know, with teams being in Las Vegas. I have no idea. Like, there's as much speculation. It's new to all of us. Anything. Yeah, and I don't know yeah. what to think of it. So, hopefully they have a grandmaster plan, and I, I believe in the people that are in charge. It, I'm sure it's well thought out, because there's no way they would approve this move and ha- start having professional teams there. But you start to see there's a lot of money that comes through Vegas, and you'll still get a lot of support, you know, the fans and and whatnot. Plus, now you got three major markets, because Los Angeles, they're always going to support the Raiders. So a lot of the L.A. Raider true fans will come out and see, uh, support the Raiders. Obviously, Las Vegas will adopt them. And then if the, some of the people are really true, true blue fans of the uh, Raiders in Oakland, we'll probably come out to see them, but maybe not. I don't not. know about that. That's, that's, that's your be, neck of the that's, woods. That's the toughest market, and they're pretty mad about that because, yeah. you know, it, it all it came down to is they wanted a stadium in Oakland did not have enough to provide – Inadequate, and I and what it comes down to is whatever Mark Davis wants. It's not what Oakland wants. It's not Oakland's fault. It's not anyone's fault besides what the owner of the team wants. And um, and I, I hey, he wants to do this decision. He wants to live up to what his dad wanted to do, and I respect him for it. But I don't think that team should be in Las Vegas. I mean, like that's the. I mean, at the same time, I can't say that because they have New Orleans. New Orleans has teams, but there's also not sports betting in New Orleans. Right. Well, there's gambling. There's gambling almost all over. I mean, Cincinnati, they have a casino. Columbus, they have a casino. Cleveland, they have a casino. You know, they're they're, they're popping up everywhere now. Do they have sports books in those? I I've not been in the Cincinnati casino. However, I've been to the one where the racetrack is, and it's called Belterra. And the they have a casino in there, but I didn't see any sports uh, book. I don't I think they to, have. I don't think they have the sports book. I think you do the other games, yeah. but you can't do the sports. I, book. I think I try to avoid casinos just because whenever you go in them, there's like a billowing layer of smoke at the top. You know, yeah. but it's just it's just nasty places, and you just feel your wallet very vulnerable. Yeah, and all of a sudden, that cash just starts to disappear, and you're like, what? 
what happened? Yeah, my savings account. Well, I'll tell you what happened. The Sweet 16 happened over Ooh. the weekend. And I'll tell you, what's some games? Well, first what's of all, games? let's talk about the Arizona Xavier game. I know yeah, that's your team. Uh, yeah, I mean, it came down to the last possession, and we didn't want it there. They had they had their opportunities, and if you're Arizona, you, you, you're kind of kicking yourself because you had opportunities during the game to continue to execute on the run that they had, and they let them back in the game. But, I mean, shout-out to that coach. Um, he definitely was well-prepared to play Arizona. And they, they put up a good fight against Gonzaga, too. But, ultimately, Gonzaga has too many shooters that were having a great night. And Arizona didn't have the shooters that they had. So, it's a, it's a tough season ending. But, you know what? I'm optimistic about future U of A basketball. It's tough to win this thing. We were talking about how tough it was before. Oh, absolutely. you got to win six games in a row. Against six six of the best teams in the nation exactly that's that's what makes this tournament so great because you just don't know you don't know you don't know what's going to happen you know sometimes the four number one seeds make it sometimes no four number or no number one seeds make it sometimes you have a number seven south carolina team exactly no one was picking except for people in south point zero two percent chance for them to reach the final four they pretty much uh, marquette marquette was a heavy favorite over south carolina they were shocked that south carolina beat marquette yeah. Sorry, Michael O'Sullivan. You know, we're we're rooting for you. But <laughs> uh, you know, and then Duke, they took down Duke. Yep. They were supposed to lose that game. They were supposed to lose to Baylor. They yep. took down Baylor. They were supposed to lose to Florida. And they yep. took down Florida. You know how they did all this? Defense. Defensive pressure. Defense, defense, defense. But they're going to meet their match in Gonzaga because they're one of the top defensive teams in the nation. So that's going to be a great Saturday night. That's a good slate of basketball right there. Who do you like in that game? I tell you, I've been bouncing around. I I could see Gonzaga winning it all. Yeah, you know, you know, West Coast. Um, but I tell you, I don't know. I'm getting just this this inclination, this little gut feeling is saying South Carolina. They, 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 they just, just remind play. me a little bit, not quite the magical run that NC State had back in '83, but I'm just feeling a little bit of that. I see a little bit of that in South Carolina. Well, They're led by Cinderius Thornwell, yeah, Cinderia and he's just playing Thornwell. out of his mind in the tournament. Um, the thing about it is, are they going to sustain enough offense to beat Gonzaga? Because that, that's the one thing that we know Gonzaga will do. Is they, it's up they to Sundarius because because yeah. when he goes, he makes everyone else around him better, and, and, and they like feed we were, off their defensive pressure, and their offense, you know, feeds off of that. And like we were just saying, you know, Gonzaga is another one of the top defensive teams. They well. are, and they're very, very uh, good offensively as well at the, in their half court set. Exactly. So, so it's, it's going to be, be tough. They're so it's gonna balanced. Be a, but you know what, I. I think that Gonzaga will pull that game out. I, I like Gonzaga in that, but you know what? I don't like them to win the championship. So I guess it's the other two teams remaining. We got Oregon and North Carolina. Before you jump on that, oh. I'm going to have to say South Carolina, without defensive Carolina. pressure, they weren't supposed to win any of the four games and are not supposed to win against Gonzaga. That's why I'm going They're South Carolina. They're playing money. But <laughs> let's move on. Let's move on. So Oregon and North Carolina. So this is North Carolina's 20th appearance in the Final Four. The most in the NCAA. 20th appearance in the Final Four. South Carolina. They were just there last year. It's the same pretty much group of guys, besides maybe a couple of freshmen on, on the team. And they're ready. They are. But who do they get? They get... Oregon Ducks. And I know. I, and that's another team that's playing with house money. Like, no one, I mean, other than people in Eugene, Drizzly, Eugene. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's – Led by Dylan Brooks. Led by Dylan Brooks. 
they have just so many good players, so many athletic presences on this team. Jordan Bell had an unbelievable game. I mean, anytime you get eight blocks, 12 rebounds, 11 points, you're having a solid game. You've been dominant. And I, controlling it, the paint. Controlling the paint. And they, they were just looked so dominant. They looked so good against Kansas. They, I mean, they held a very offensive-minded team in Kansas to 60 points. 60 points. That's that itself is very impressive because you consider you know Kansas is one of the highest scoring teams in the country, so for them to hold them to sixty points shows that they're very good at defense, and that's why, you know, the fate of UNC goes down to Joel Berry's ankle. If he's able to play and is able to do enough to participate, then they will have a good game. And you know, if they don't, they got to rely on the next man up kind of situation, and that's what Oregon feeds off of because they have already played with the next man up situation at the center position with Boucher being out. So, you know, I kind of like Oregon in this, and I like Oregon to win the whole thing. Now, I, I'm going to have to combat you there just yeah. a little bit there. I, I, I'm going with North Carolina, and I'll tell you why. Uh, it's a fact of the experience. They've been there before. And obviously, I think both teams are resilient. I think both teams, you know, you get to this point, you know, you can win some games, you know, win some games ugly or however, or win it with uh, not with your best players. So we'll see. Luckily, you know, he's got a few days to rest up. Hopefully they can just, you know, tape up that ankle. He doesn't have to play until Saturday, and that happened uh, Sunday, the injury. was a- Yeah, but you have uh, Roy Williams coming out and saying about his injury update. He's like, oh, I scares me to death. Like he had some sort of quote that said, "It scares me to death if he can't play." So you know, it, it, their kind of whole game is going to reside upon him because he's their guy. Or is Joel he playing Perry, mind games? I hope he's not playing mind games because he's <laughs> winning against me. But I think that you know, Joel Berry has been such a staple for them. Like you look at last year's final two, the championship, which had UNC in it, and Joel Berry was the man in that game. And like they need him. I know Justin Jackson's a great player. I know. Like I know all that they have lots of great players, but this Oregon team is also very athletic. And they're they gonna are. A, no, they got three team. big great players that are very athletic and And if Oregon shoots the three point well, which they have, yeah. you know, two of the three or not three, they have two really good three point shooters. I got I got in my Warriors mindset. I was like two of the best three. No. <laughs> so yeah. The Oregon has a lot of good three-point shooting. If they can th- shoot the three-point ball well, look for them to be tough to stop. And they have been. I mean, Tyler Dorsey has been, quote, as Mr. March. So but, I, I like Oregon in this. But you know something strange? What's going on in this Final Four here is that the one-and-dones are gone. All the yeah. one-and-done players are not even here. you got three juniors and one senior. These are all the leaders of each team. And... It, it shows you, you know, staying in school. Some of these guys, Justin Jackson could have easily gone to the NBA as Dylan Brooks, as Darius Thornwell could yeah. have, you know. Uh, this is this is amazing to see this because this is what makes college basketball so good, to see these guys stay in for a couple of years. Like, I really want to win an NCAA championship. It's just the goal that they have, and they're developing their skills, and they're learning a lot, learning about adversity. And to win this tournament, my goodness, you win this tournament. you got to go through a lot. That's right. You know, six games you got to win and beating it, like you said, the top teams in the nation. You think about it, it's like the top 64 teams are in this, okay? And then you cut the field by half, the 32, and then you cut the field again, the 16. So you're playing the top 16 teams and the top eight teams and then the top 
X amount throughout the rest. So it's like you keep taking out teams and it makes it tougher. Right. So that's that's why the NCAA tournament is fun because it starts it's the greatest with tournament. so many teams. Anyone can win it. You know, is it going to be an 11C this year? It's going to be, you know. Is, is it, it a is Cinderella? It is a one going to be a 16 seed? I, it hasn't happened yet, but it could. I think it could. I mean, people have been talking about that before, but. But I'm going North Carolina versus South Carolina. I, the I'm Carolinas. Gonzaga, Oregon, West Coast represent. <laughs> but like we were just saying before, all fair, really, any of these four teams can win. Any. It. I, I, I at this it's, point, it's at this stage, at this point, it know? really is. I mean, I think, you know, in in the South Carolina Gonzaga game, it favors Gonzaga, but like let's not sleep on South Carolina. They've done an amazing job getting there. And then in the Oregon UNC, it favors UNC because, you know, for obvious reasons you have the experience, but you also have one of those injuries and that's that's also factors into this tournament as well is the injury factor. So, it, I I can tell you I'm excited for Friday. That's for sure. Saturday night or is Friday? It Saturday? I think yeah, it's Friday. Saturday night. Both games are on Saturday. Are they? And then the championship ga- championship games on Monday. Is it really? Yes. Oh yeah. It right. always is. Yeah. April so Fool's have, they'll have Day. both games. Exactly. April Fool's Day. So anything could happen. Yeah. Glendale, Arizona. Well, moving on to the NBA, we had a big game last night. Well, not so much, such a big game for the Cavaliers, but the Spurs blew out the Cavaliers without a couple of their big players. Yeah. Know. Then yeah. a good job for them. And you know what that did? That knocked the Cavaliers out of the number one seed. The Celtics have the number one seed in the East. Yeah. And that's huge for a young team. A yeah. young team needs it. A veteran team, not so much. A team that's already won, like the Warriors, they don't really need the number one seed. But yeah, they are yeah. the best team in the West right now. Yeah, and they could very well end up the season in the second seed. I mean, Spurs are a great team, and they're not down by that many. And you look at what the Celtics have done this year. Unbelievable, and it, it the the scariest part about it, if you're not a Celtics fan, but if you are a Celtics fan, it's like yes, rejoice around it, is that they're probably going to have a top three pick in the draft, just because they got rid of Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce, and they offloaded in that that really bad deal with Brooklyn, very bad deal, and you and look at what's going to happen to them. They're going to be they have all these great players, they have such great depth, and then they're going to have the second overall pick or first overall pick or third, like in the one of the best draft classes that's been coming out in a while. So you look at the Celtics to go from you know this really good team to being one of the elites in the NBA. And uh, well, they're I, right there. That's a blueprint right the Lakers are trying to follow. So we'll we'll see what Lakers happens with get that. There. The Lakers could get. They have they have the players that can get there. They need to just keep the core in team. They need to decide who is the core of the team because they got a lot of good people. Like Larry Nance Jr. is a great player, but he doesn't get enough playing time to you know really develop. So you're going to have these tough decisions to make if you're the Lakers. Absolutely. Well, there was also something that happened in the NBA on Friday night. A big game by a young man by the name of Devin Booker dropped 70, 70 points. points. Unbelievable. And you know what? I'm going to ask you, how many three-pointers did he have in that game? Do you know? I do not know. He only had four three-pointers. And when you think about Devin Booker, oh, he scored 70 points. Oh, he must have at least 12 three-pointers. No, he had four, which is like a normal night for most people. And four three-pointers, so he really took the ball to the basket. He made 24 three-throws out of 28, so that, you know, the bulk That's of his astounding. scoring. That's astounding. Yeah, the bulk yeah. of his scoring, nearly, like, close to 30 points, it was taking the ball to the paint. 
and getting you know easy layups and then making his jump shots. So unbelievable job by him. That, that game, game. kind of reminded me of a game. You know, one hundred and thirty to one twenty. They couldn't win that for him. <laughs> I'm so sad about that. Yeah, that's the thing. You want to get the W. Uh, this happened. You know, last game of of the year was David Robinson against the Clippers. And uh, it's the same type deal where the teammates were just feeding the ball, feeding the ball. They just knew Devin Booker was hot. He was having a good game. Give him the 70 points. And that's what they did with David Robinson. He scores 71 points to win the scoring title that year. I think it was somewhere in the mid-90s. And that call sparked a little controversy like, oh, you just kept feeding the ball. Of course he got 70 points, you know. Well, yeah. If you got it, you got the hot hand, give him the ball. Just like Kobe's 81-point game – he had to carry this team because it wasn't that good of a team that he had. He had to carry them because no one. He was trying to get other people involved, and finally had to take matters in his own hands. Before you know it, he's got 81 points, and they beat the Toronto Raptors. They came back and won and won that game. Yeah, I, I mean that was back when he was Kobe number eight, not 24. Russell Westbrook, 37 yeah. triple doubles, four shy of tying Oscar Robertson. I think I'm changing my MVP to James Harden. To James Harden, I after you know thinking about it for a while, the the big deterrent for me was the stat possession, the amount of times in a game. So it's kind of hard to explain. Say. Explain. So the amount of time you have the ball in your hand, right? Okay, and the amount of things that you production. do with the ball, the production. So James Harden has the ball in his hand 50% of every possession in the game for the Rockets. 50%. Half the time he has the ball okay. and assists and makes points. So he either scores or he makes an assist to his teammate. 50% of every time they've scored the ball. Okay. This entire season. Now like, what so about... That, so he has had an unbelievable job on the offensive end. And you look at what the Rockets have done. Their record is amazing, considering what the Rockets were last year. Now, what about Westbrook's? Okay, Westbrook is a triple-double. That's great. But he's not on— No, his production, when he has the ball in his hands, is he as productive? It's not as good as James Harden's. So So it's more efficiency through James Harden. That's what I was saying. You know, he's he's certainly become that leader of the team. He is that leader. I mean, they need a leader of the team. They were always fighting between Dwight and But he raises the level of play. He makes everyone else around him better. And they're starting to put the right pieces in for him. That was the point I was trying to argue, you know, you know, a few shows back. But, uh, but yeah, I I couldn't agree with you more. I I think that – well, after thinking about it now, I think, you know, after hearing that stab possession, I think he deserves it because the Rockets have done better than the Thunder have this season. And it's not any – fault to Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook is equally deserving of the MVP as James Harden is. And even if either one of them win it, I will be very, you know, I'll be like, oh, good. I, but if you give it to LeBron James, I'm going to be like, all right, NBA. It's not going to happen. Is, if, if, yeah. if someone like that, you know what I'm saying? If Steph Curry wins the MVP, like, and I'm a Golden State fan, and I will be angry about that because he does, he's there's lots of people around him. These are the only two on their team that have consistently been the best. You can make the argument. I mean, Isaiah Thomas, great player, fourth quarter scorer. Here's the thing. They have a lot of people around him. So that's why I'm kind of changing it. And I like James Harden because he of the record. That's the big indicator for me and the fact that he's had the ball in his hand. As and me. they're playing really well as a team. Well, one other thing to happen on Friday night that was really cool for us Los Angeles Lakers fans is that Shaquille O'Neal got his statue. Yeah. Can you dig it? Can you so dig it? congratulations to you, Mr. Shaquille O'Neal, and thank you for the wonderful 
uh, memories, the eight glorious seasons you have with the Lakers, and the three championships that you deliver with uh, with your with your partner in crime, Mr. Kobe Bryant. So thank you so much. Uh, we're gonna move on to the uh, NHL, but just quick, real quick before we do, I just want to congrats the uh, men's volleyball team here at the UC Irvine, ranked number five in the nation, dropped. Uh, uh, 78 kills over Pepperdine. Wow, that's a lot. I, I, that's a lot. It's a season high. And uh, they're 16-6, and six, so ranked number five. They're doing really well. And then the baseball team is going to begin Big West play this Friday against Cal Poly. But they do have a game tonight at uh, 6.30. And uh, that should be a, a nice game uh, against game. Aloya Marymount. So game. LMU. LMU. But anyway, Matt. Let's talk about the Ducks. Oh, I, because I've been keeping up on my Ducks now. Uh, You've inspired me, I, and uh, they had a heck of a week. They did actually, and you know what? The Ducks are the premier team. Like people love them in the OC, so we need to talk about them, and we haven't been giving them the due diligence. Well, now I can say that we are back to being first in the Pacific Division. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. They're making their Woo-hoo. way back. And it came from victories against the two teams in the division. So they beat Edmonton and they beat the San Jose Sharks to gain those points, which is huge. And the reason is because they are starting to play this Randy Carlisle style. It's tough defense, grinded out games. They're not going to score a whole lot of goals. If you want to go to the game and expect them to you know, score six goals, it's not going to happen. It's only happened once, and it was against the Rangers in their last game. So the Ducks are looking good right now. They're very hot. Patrick Eves, since he's came on the team at the trade deadline, has been unbelievable. You look at Getzloff, who's in. Has well, let's been. talk about the teams they beat. They beat three of the top teams in the league in the, in the last four games. In their no, in their division. In their division, and then okay. They beat the one of the the better teams in New York, um, but they've been doing it by winning and winning together. And Ryan Getzloff, shout out, he was one of the top three stars of the week for the NHL. One of my favorite players like, on the Ducks. He is. He's something special, that's for sure. They lucked out with him and Corey Perry. And you know what? The Ducks are looking good. Bernier has been unbelievable in the pipes for the net, you know, protecting that <laughs> net in case you you were wondering what I was getting at. Um, so, yeah, the Ducks are looking good. They need to keep playing this tough defense, and they, need, they get a, a lot of penalty minutes. They're one of the highest penalty teams and that's all right with them because they have the best penalty kill. They're number one in the penalty kill. Nice. And they're number four in the goals against. So, you know what? It's looking good for the Ducks. Yeah. It's kind of like what we said. You know, you get this point in the season, you're playing, you know, starting to play some of your best hockey. You want that momentum to go into the postseason, have a good seating, at least have some home ice advantage in the first couple of rounds. Well, and, in the past, that hasn't helped them. No, it really what? hasn't. But you know what? This is a new year, new team. Exactly. You got Raquel now, who's this young stud. I like where the Ducks are headed. Well, we love to hear from you, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you can blog us at blog.sportsmattersradio.com. Again, that's blog.sportsmattersradio.com, and we want to hear from you. But stay tuned for uh, Kenny Jones with News and Views because he's got a good one for you. And uh, until then, all sports matters. Bye, Grandma. Thank you for listening. We appreciate you both.